welcome to The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. The name of this program is taken from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Here the writer directed his readers to focus on the main thought or essence of a particular section of the word. He writes that in all that is being said, there is a chief point. We encourage you to listen, follow along with your Bible, and ask yourself, what is the chief point? During this program, our phone lines will be open for questions, fellowship, or prayer. Feel free to give us a call at 773-478-0550. Let's begin our program tonight by opening our hearts to the Lord as we listen. Good evening, and welcome to The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. My name is Frank Pytel, and with me tonight is Jim Ritzke. Welcome, Jim. Good evening, Frank. Before we begin tonight, Jim, I would like to let all our listeners know that this radio ministry now has a website called thechiefpoint.org. If you would like to listen or read any programs that you may have missed, you can find them at thechiefpoint.org. Okay, let's begin our program tonight. In the past weeks, Jim, uh, one thing that we stressed all the time and we will continue to stress is the importance of the Word of God, the Scriptures as the sole means of salvation. It is through the Word of God and the hearing of that Word when spoken that faith comes. Right, twice in the book of Galatians, in chapter 3, verses 2 and 5, Paul speaks of the hearing of faith. He also stressed this in Romans 10:17. Faith comes out of hearing, and hearing through the word. Mm-hmm. The importance is that the word is spoken, and there is a proper response called the hearing of faith that is toward the word. It is by faith alone in Jesus Christ that we are justified. Amen. This was especially emphasized by Martin Luther during the Reformation. By faith alone, we are justified. The gospel that Paul preached to the Galatians is the same gospel that the Reformers and Martin Luther stood for and died for during the Reformation and afterwards. It was a gospel of faith. Faith was the means of salvation at that time, and today, Jim, it would be the same. Faith is the only way that God can apply his salvation to us. Um, we've got to see in the past two weeks how we, faith is very key in the book of Galatians and also our being justified before God, brought up to the righteous standard of God's righteousness is only by faith in the work that Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. There is no work that we can do, but it is only by faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. But besides Paul's stress in Galatians on, on the faith necessary for justification, in Galatians 3, Paul lays out for us what else we have received by believing. Right, we've been justified by God. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But in addition to being justified, we've also received something, Mm -hmm. or received someone, Mm -hmm. and that is the Spirit. Amen. So in chapter 2, we see the matter of justification. In Mm -hmm. chapter 3, Paul stresses that we've received the Spirit. Amen. We can paraphrase his word in verse 2 of chapter 3. We have received the Spirit 
by the hearing of faith. Mm. Outwardly, God has justified us. Inwardly, the Spirit has come into us. Mm. Let's consider some verses. Shall we open up our Bibles? The first verse we should consider is found at the very end of the book of Galatians. In Galatians 6.18, Paul says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The grace of the Lord is just the spirit with our spirit. Another verse, Jim, we could look at is in 2 Timothy 4.22. It's the last verse of 2 Timothy. And it says, The Lord be with your spirit. The Lord be with your spirit. Where is the Lord? He is with our spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 also says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Our spirit is one spirit with the Lord. This would be the same as in John 3.6 where the divine spirit is born in our human spirit. It says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. After reading these verses, Jim, I get the feeling that man was made as a container to contain, uh, contain God himself, contain the spirit. But many, many believers today have this question, well, when I read the Bible, there's a soul, there's a spirit. Is, is this the same or is there a difference? Jim, maybe you can share something about that. We need to consider how God made man. Hmm. God made man as a vessel. A vessel is made by man hmm. to contain something. Mm -hmm. God created man as his vessel mm -hmm. to contain something. Mm -hmm. And that is his life. In Romans 9.23, Paul speaks of God's vessels of mercy hmm. to contain a wonderful treasure as he states in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Mm -hmm. What is this treasure that man contains? What is this wonderful treasure we have within us? That is God's own life. Amen. So we need to consider then how man is made up of. Mm -hmm. He is made up of three parts. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 23 stresses that of these three parts, the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, mm -hmm. and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Mm -hmm. Outwardly, we have a body to contact the physical realm. Right. Uh, we have a soul to contact the psychological world of the mind, emotion, and will. Yet, in the deepest part of our being, we have a spirit to contact God and to contain God. And uh, as you read in the verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the first part that is mentioned is our spirit because the emphasis of the Word of God is that man would contact and contain God. Okay, Jim, let's go on to our second point. Um, we, when, as we, we see in the book of Galatians, justification is really something as a beginning of our Christian life. We believe in the Lord Jesus for, and the work that He's done on the cross and all the barriers are removed between God and man. It's not by our works, but it's by the work that Jesus Christ has done on the cross for all mankind. But in addition um, to our believing, uh, in addition to this, Jim, there's another beginning that happens to a person when they believe in Jesus Christ. And this beginning is mentioned in Galatians chapter 3. Right. Here it says, having begun by the Spirit, 
Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Hmm. Paul is saying, you Galatians had a wonderful beginning. Mm -hmm. You began by the Spirit. Why not go on the same way you began? Mm -hmm. You received the Spirit and you began your Christian life by the Spirit. Why not continue on the same way you began? Mm -hmm. Go on by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Don't turn to the way of the flesh to be perfected. Mm -hmm. Paul uses the word perfected, which in the original Greek language means to reach the goal. Mm -hmm. Perfected does not mean holiness nor sinlessness, but to reach the God-intended goal for us Christians. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the Christian life and the way to reach God's goal, the goal of the Christian life, are by the Spirit. Amen. Jim, this is really a releasing word. We pick up, as we, be, as we go on in our Christian life, it seems like we pick up many things that we hope will lead us to some perfection or will lead us to God's goal. But Paul is very strong in his stress that the beginning of our Christian life and the way we reach the goal is only by the Spirit. Right. It's not by the works of the flesh. It's not by our self-effort. It's not by doing this or that. It is by the Spirit. So then Paul thirdly comes to something, Jim. In the King James Version, in uh, chapter 3, verse 5, it says that uh, the Spirit is ministered to us. Um, and in authorized, I mean, the American Standard Version, it says that the Spirit is provided to us. But we want to we stress a word uh, maybe some of our listeners don't never heard it this way before. It's it's. In the Weiss translation, it says the one who is constantly supplying the Spirit to you in a bountiful measure. So not only is it just a provision, not only is it something God ministers to us, but the Spirit in chapter 3, verse 5, is considered a supply. Maybe many of our listeners have never heard this. Can you share something about this supply, Jim? The word supply used of the Spirit is a word used in Paul's day of a person called the Choragus. Hmm. In Greek society, there was the practice of a chorus coming to perform before the public. Mm -hmm. And that chorus had needs that needed to be taken care of mm -hmm. for them to perform properly. Mm -hmm. The Choragus supplied the chorus's food, shelter, clothing, and any other particular needs that they had. What about the Spirit as a supply to us? Mm -hmm. not, only, not only do we need a supply today, Jim, we're just the same as the chorus. The Spirit today is the choragus. And all He's doing is whatever need we have, He is supplying us. He is the bountiful supply. And not only is He a supply, but He supplies us bountifully. Um, do we need patience? Do we need comfort? Maybe tonight someone is, is listening and uh, the situation is very hard in their life. The Spirit can be the bountiful supply to comfort you. Do we need strength? Do we need wisdom, or revelation, or understanding? Many times we come to the Word of God and uh, we, we just have a hard time understanding. It's at that time the Spirit can be a bountiful supply to you and open up the Word of God for your food, open up the Word of God for your strength, and this is the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What a spirit we have. Right, what a spirit. 
Paul has a little different description of the Spirit in Philippians 1.19. There he refers in a similar way to the same description in Galatians of the Spirit. There the Spirit is called a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Spirit doesn't just barely meet our needs. Mm -hmm. He is an abundant, even a bountiful supplier of our needs. Mm -hmm. How precious the Spirit is to us. Amen. When Paul was in prison at that time, Jim, I don't know how many needs he had, not only physical needs, but inwardly there must have been many pressures and many concerns. But at that time, just as he spoke to the Galatians 10 years before, he was one who continued day by day, constantly to know the bountiful supply of the Spirit. He considered the prayers of the saints were necessary, but he also said for his constant salvation, he needed the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Also in Ephesians 3.8, Paul speaks of the unsearchable riches of Christ. We saw in Philippians that Paul mentions the bountiful supply of the Spirit. We can say that the riches of Christ come to us as the bountiful supply of the Spirit in our spirit. This is very good, Jim. The unsearchable riches of Christ, something that cannot be searched out, it's without limit, come to us through the bountiful supply of the Spirit in our spirit. Jim, let's take a break and come back, and then we'll spend some more time to consider how to enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit in our spirit. Looking for a Bible? Come to Chicago Bibles and Books right off the Kennedy Expressway on the northwest side of Chicago. We carry everything from the smallest, thinnest Bibles to ones with the largest print. We have Bibles in many versions in over 25 languages. Whether you need a study Bible for yourself or a gift Bible for a friend or relative, we can help you find just the right one. Come see us at Chicago Bibles and Books, 3931 West Irving Park Road, or give us a call at 773-478-0550. You can also visit us at our website at biblesandbooks.com. Welcome back to our program, The Chief Point. Before we continue tonight, I would like to remind our listeners that this radio program is a ministry of the church in Chicago. Tonight, we are also offering a special gift booklet for anyone who would call. This booklet is called The Key to Experiencing Christ, the Human Spirit. If you call us at 773-478-0550, we would be happy to send you this little gift. Finally, we would like to mention that if you are enjoying this fellowship, you are invited to join us us tomorrow, tomorrow morning, the Lord's Day, at 10 a.m. We have fellowship in the Word every Sunday morning in four different languages, in Spanish, Chinese, Korean, as well as English. We have a new meeting place right off the Kennedy Expressway at Irving Park Road in Pulaski, and our address is 3915 West Irving Park Road. You are welcome to join us. If you enjoy the fellowship on this program, tonight we would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or fellowship, or you would like to simply pray with us, or let us pray with you, give us a call at 
Okay, Jim, we want to come back. We were talking about the bountiful supply of the Spirit in our spirit. And the last thing we want to consider tonight is how we can experience these unsearchable riches of Christ through the bountiful supply of the Spirit in our spirit. Frank, let's consider an illustration. Suppose there's a treasure of wealth locked up in mm-hmm. and you're given a key to unlock that room. Wouldn't it make sense to use the key to open the door? Sure. Within our human spirit is the bountiful supply of the Spirit. What a treasure within us. Mm -hmm. Our spirit is both the location of the supply Mm -hmm. and the key to obtain access to that supply. Mm -hmm. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The the emphasis in this verse, I think we want to look at, Jim, is calls upon the name of the Lord. We could also read it this way. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be supplied. Um, Romans 10.12 says the Lord is rich to all who would call upon him. So the unsearchable riches of Christ can be released or unlocked when we use our spirit as we call upon the Lord's name. The early Christians, Frank, were identified by the fact that they called upon the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 1-2 reads this way, To the church of God which is in Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, the called saints, with all those who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ was for the saints to call upon. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who were identified as being those that call upon the name of the Lord. Not only just there in in Corinth, Mm -hmm. but in every place. Mm -hmm. This was a common practice of the Christians in those days. You know, Jim, in in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 14, uh, it talked about Saul. And he was searching out the Christians at that time to persecute them, to to jail them, to try to stop God's move at that time. And the way he he found the Christians is that they were calling upon the name of the Lord. And by calling on the name of the Lord, they must have been uh, loudly calling, publicly calling. They weren't calling in a hidden way, but their heart was so in love with the Lord that they were just declaring this name, calling calling upon this name. And even Stephen at the time of his critical need when he was being martyred, he called upon the name of the Lord and he cried out, Lord Jesus. And this is in Acts 7.59. By that time, when he was being martyred, he was calling upon the name of the Lord. But calling upon the name of the Lord, Jim, is not just something for our hard situations when we wait till nothing else works, but it's it's a common day-by-day, even moment-by-moment experience we need to have and I was thinking of a song by uh, Bernard of Clairvaux. He, he mentions that he would like to call upon the Lord a thousand times a day. Jim, he was uh, a person that was unlocking the treasure that was in his spirit and enjoying the bountiful supply through calling upon the Lord's name. Right, we can compare calling on the Lord to physical breathing. Mm-hmm. We need to breathe continually other life comes to an end. Mm -hmm. 
Same way we need as Christians to call upon the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We can enjoy the Spirit and experience the riches of Christ by praying and calling on the name of the Lord. You know, this, this, this matter of breathing is something essential to uh, the human life. Once you stop breathing, breathing, then your life just ends. In the same way, Jim, um, our spiritual breathing needs to be constant. In Lamentations chapter 3, Jeremiah likens his breathing to his calling upon the Lord. His breathing was his calling. He would call on the Lord's name, and this was his spiritual unlocking of all that God was. Uh, you remember at, at, in John chapter 20, um, when the Lord was there in resurrection, he breathed his spirit into the disciples. And in John, before he had resurrected Jim, in John chapter 14, he says, one day the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will be sent in my name. So when we call on the Lord's name, Jim, we're really unlocking the treasure that's within us. We're unlocking the bountiful supply of the Spirit. So Frank, we've seen tonight the chief point is that we have received the Spirit through faith in mm -hmm. Christ Jesus. Amen. Secondly, we've seen that the Spirit is living in our spirit. And we've seen that the Christian life is not only one of beginning with the Spirit, but also one of continuing on by the same Spirit to reach God's goal. When the Spirit also comes into us, He comes with all of His riches as a bountiful supply for our daily Christian living. Jim, don't you have a hymn there that you, you were considering? And maybe we can just go over it and see, see how the riches of Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ, are, are uh, shown to us in this hymn. Right, the hymn mentions these riches, but not just riches to consider and observe, but riches to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. The hymn begins, O oh, the riches of my Savior, so unsearchable immense, all the fullness of the Godhead I may now experience. Mm -hmm. All the riches, all the riches Christ my Savior has for me. How unsearchable their measure, yet my full reality. You know, the second verse of the, the hymn goes, Oh, the riches of my Savior. I just, even this, this thought of the riches of our Savior, uh, we need to tell the Lord, show us how rich you are. And this hymn goes on to say they're all embracing their life and their light, their wisdom, power, healing, comfort, their treasures rich of God's delight. All that God desires to give us, Jim, is just in Christ. This Christ is so rich that we constantly need to call on Him to unlock the riches of our Savior. Then the third stanza goes on this way, Oh, the riches of my Savior, nothing less than God as all, all His person and possessions, now my spirit doth enthrall. Mm. What have we received of God? We've received all of Him, mm -hmm. His person, His possessions, that are enthralled by our spirit. Mm -hmm. Our spirit is the place, Jim, where, where all these riches are. Last, the last stanza of this verse can be considered as a prayer. And I think um, tonight we just all need to have a prayer like this. May I know these boundless riches. These riches are boundless, Jim. We just need to pray, Lord, 
May I know, know these, these boundless, boundless riches. Christ experience in full. Our experience needs to be full of Christ and needs to be so full. And with others, may I share them in their content, bountiful. I think, Jim, one thing is we experience the riches. And what we're doing on this radio program is what we need to do day by day is to take the riches of our wonderful Savior and share them with our friends, our family, our colleagues, all those around us, so that they can enjoy the same wonderful Christ as we do day by day. So why don't we all make this our prayer tonight? Mm -hmm. Let's all read this together. Mm -hmm. May I know these boundless riches, Christ experience in full, and with others may I share them in their content bountiful. Tune in again next week as we continue our Bible study and discussion on The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. If you enjoyed the program tonight, we would like to hear from you. For questions, discussion, or simply to pray, our lines are now open at 773-478-0550. Again, 773-478-0550.